Thank you for tuning into Sochcast. We hope you enjoy this uninterrupted listening experience. But before that, please do listen to these messages that come from those that support your favorite show. Raj Naik's talk show Fridays Live features high-profile guests from various walks of life who engage in a free-flowing and inspiring chat with him. Welcome to Fridays Live with me, Raj Naik. With me this evening is a very special person. She is a fabulous human being, a dear friend, an actor, and she needs no introduction. Sonali Bendre. Sonali, thank you so much for coming on this live chat. I was uh, hi everybody. I'm excited to be uh, here. Uh, more than anything else i want to know what raj is up to he's been so busy doing these chats and this has become this whole program that's happening i was beginning to feel very left out that why am i not on this and i want to know what is it that you're doing so what better way to know that than be on it myself thank you so much sonali i mean it's so strange that we live uh, a stone's throw away from each other and yet you know we have to do this chats on virtual virtual screens I mean can you imagine it was I think the last time we met was when you came to see me in the US when I was going through my treatment when yeah. you and Sabri was so gracious and you you know came to see me and after that we've been like literally that was across the world and we met up and here we are like you said stone throw away and not being able to meet crazy yeah. and I'm, I'm so glad I mean you know uh, from there the way you're looking so good now and uh, touch you recovered well so you know that's a great thing so well, tell me out of this is that all my life i've had poker straight hair which was always very fine and now suddenly i have volume in my hair i love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah good so tell me i mean uh, you know uh, since we spoke about new york and you know we had uh, come to see you there uh, before you went to new york you 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 Uh, you, you you know you were very bold you were very brave and you you know you publicly announced on twitter that you know you were going through cancer and you know you even put a hashtag switch on the sunshine so i mean a how do you, i mean you know in a situation like that people i mean i know this because of experience within my own family my mother in law my sister my brother so you know i mean uh, so you are very brave i mean uh, and and uh, more importantly you were so positive and what made you you know people normally tend to you know keep it a secret and things like that but you were there you were open and and i think today you become a huge inspiration for many people uh, in this world well raj it didn't really i didn't plan on being an inspiration or i till today i don't even think i was brave i really don't think that um i think there was no other way to have dealt with it one because uh, i did not want it to be distorted and uh, i didn't want it to become uh, you know fodder for gossip and um, uh, like i said uh, distorted uh, news is always uh, more scary and especially for family and for people around you be it my son who was young who is young and or all the parents you know uh, or the rest of them it just it's just scares people so i just wanted the narrative to be mine 
and I wanted to have some sort of a control over the narrative and so I said you know rather than hiding things and always in life I felt that the moment you hide something it becomes this big deal but this is what it is and if I'm going through it I'm going through it you know just face the reality and let's get on with it I didn't want to be distracted with all this uh, with it being a distorted story or it being gossip uh, uh, I just wanted to focus on healing and I just wanted to focus on the treatment and I just wanted to focus on getting better um, having said that uh, I think that switch on the sunshine is so applicable even today I mean we really don't need to go through a life-threatening illness or something like that to switch on the sunshine I think this is one thing that we need to live by and it was more like you know I, when I felt that whole uh, it was like all this darkness down on my shoulder on my head it felt like I was being buried under the darkness and I felt like hello let's just switch some sunshine on over here and that's where it came from switch on the sunshine and then also you realize that there's always going to be situations and stuff that's going to pull you down it's how you keep telling yourself to switch the sunshine on and it's in your hand the switch is in your hand and you just have to work to reach the switch and switch it on so, you put it so beautifully sonali i mean it's applicable in any anything i mean today there are lots of people at home uh, because of the pandemic and things and you know a lot of people have lost their jobs a lot of people are going through different kind of troubles i mean i mean this is you know switch on the sunshine this is what it is and you have to do your best to cope with it i think yeah, uh, you know hashtags are very easy to make and they're all very easy to say even today now right now for me to say this oh we should just switch on the sunshine it's very easy to say but it's the hardest thing to do and i also when did like you brought up the pandemic and all the i mean the chaos that's going on and 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 the losses and the sadness and uh, there's so much of uh, trouble that is uh, that people are going through and uh, in in that i just want to say that you know physical what you go through physically which is what i was going through physical part of it gives you a goal to look at and you say okay this 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 is my goal this is what i want to be my platelets need to be here i my my blood count need i need to achieve it uh during the illness what was just something that came to my mind but got brushed away but during this pandemic what has come and has really like it has been the highlight and it's something that got me to focus on it was the that mentally what you go through is so much more difficult than what you go through physically i genuinely feel that what i went through during my cancer treatment um definitely is not easy and i'm not fooling anybody by saying that but i felt the pandemic was harder because it was all about mentally because then you doubt and you say am i over overreacting i'm just imagining things you know i can't be feeling like that oh i'm not going to feel like that you can say all these things but the fact is that you are and you're going through chaos and you know it's so much more difficult to deal with it that uh, it's just absolutely fine i feel to seek help and uh, you know to have somebody who can counsel you or to go through it and it's absolutely fine and normal to do that and it only helps so the switch on the sunshine can be just a hashtag but sometimes it can uh, sometimes you might not have the tools and it's okay to ask for and ask for help and take the help of others to you know maybe they can provide you with certain tools that you didn't know about yeah so a lot of people i think at least in india 
probably now things are changing but asking for help has always been considered a little bit again that also has been a little taboo in the past you know uh, because people don't want to ask for help they think that there's some problem people don't realize that everybody needs help so what is your suggestion in situation like this so uh, even even during uh, uh, when you said even when the, the the cancer diagnosis came in and you know when i realized when i put out the first post and it was like okay i'm done with it and i'm hibernating and recovering and all that the response that i got from people and when i realized that how many people don't really share this and that was kind of shocking to me and i didn't understand why would you hide it why would you not share it maybe there are societal pressures peer pressures i don't know that but the fact remains that when i told people and i opened out i could receive help i could receive the love i could receive the positivity now the amount of love that i got from everybody and had had i not shared this uh, story i would have been somewhere alone fighting this mentally going into uh, you know uh, a low uh but because i did put it out and i did share it it gave you know it gave me an opportunity to receive the love that was sent out towards me the positivity that so many people sent out be it the fans be it friends be it family so many of them you know and the prayers that people uh, said i think all of that kind of affects because it's energy and it was great uh, you know energy and lot of love that was sent and nothing and i don't think anything in the world is more purer and better than love the feeling of love and kindness and compassion and that's what happened because i shared it so in the same way i feel that a lot of times what happens is that we don't acknowledge it we just think that we are overreacting maybe it's the conditioning that we've all been brought up with uh, don't make a fuss especially as girls as women we are told stop making a fuss don't be a drama queen you know you're you're told that all the time so every time you feel you're going through something you say am i being a drama queen no 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 let it be you know something else needs to be done now so you don't kind of acknowledge it first eventually when you start acknowledging it you know you've progressed in that space or you can say you've gone down the rabbit hole quite a bit and it becomes harder to come out of it so if like like with cancer if we can have these conversations then we realize that you know let's talk about it and sometimes just talking to your best friend talking to your sister talking to your you know mother or father um you know sibling can just kind of sort certain things out sometimes you realize that this is not going to be enough but then you can understand that no these tools are not enough i need more tools and let me you know speak to a counselor that's fine too yeah that's i mean you said it so nicely receiving so much of love and energy and prayers and i can tell you for sure the whole country was praying for you i was praying for you honestly you know and i and i and i mean it uh, so thank you thank you honestly. so much what was the first thought that came to your mind because you had to go abroad for treatment and you had ranveer was very young at that time and uh, you know it wasn't easy for goldie to uh, be here and be in the us so what were the thoughts that crossed your mind at that time well again like i said the you know uh, uh, goldie and me realized that what our true wealth was um, we realized that during this illness of mine because our true wealth was the support system that we had the relationships that we had uh, our friendships our family you know it's 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 this support system 
we didn't realize that we uh, you know somewhere one had kind of it it doesn't happen overnight so obviously this is what was our investment which we uh, were too naive to realize but this illness taught us that that you know uh this is what our true wealth is the love and the the, the support system and the caring that that has come our way is what our true wealth is so it just puts a lot of things in perspective and life is good thank you sonali i mean i it was very important for me to bring this topic up and you know get your inputs because for those of you who are going through a similar situation i mean you can take inspiration from sonali And, yeah, uh, what I would say, Raj, is that uh, I, there are a lot of times when we are so busy working and uh, you know earning, and which is of course most it is important, and we do need to do it. But in that, there are a lot of times when we compromise on our relationships and our friendships, and uh, and that is why I, I, I'm saying that this illness is what made us realize that our true wealth was our relationships that we had and the support system that we had. So uh, that's definitely. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't wish this illness or some calamity like this on anybody. But life—that's life—and you know, it can throw anything at you. And what truly stays with you, and what truly is the only thing that um, uh, you know can actually be with you, is the love and the relationships. And hence, that is the investment that we all need to kind of focus a little bit more on. Yeah, I, I'm a firm believer. You know, you invest in relationships that will stay with you lifelong. Money will come, money will go, but relationships will stay with you till the very end. Uh, so let me now rewind. You know, switch gears, and uh, so let me ask you about. Let me go back and ask you about your. Tell me about your childhood. Tell me about your parents. <laughs> oh my God. I have the most uh, simple, grounded, down-to-earth parents, and uh, that was one of the reasons why, um, wherever I was, I could have been the uh, star outside. But when I came home, I was the daughter who lived in the house and who was supposed to make her own bed and we come behind her. So uh, that was the no-nonsense upbringing, and uh, till today, my parents don't really are not comfortable with having too much help in the house because they firmly believe. that the moment we have, we have too many people doing things for us we are going to not move and that is going to uh, that's going to be the end of us in old age we want to keep moving and that's why we need to do our own things which is also a great lesson because when i see at this age also how active they are that's the reality and everything is not about going to the gym and working out or you know yes of course you need to be fit and everything but doing your regular work you know day to day things doing it yourself getting up and doing simple things yourself i think in india a lot of us uh uh do have you know a lot of help around and unfortunately um you know you can have them but there is something like you can help the help also and i do believe in doing that i don't think help is there just so that they can be doing everything i do believe that you can help them also and in that i think we are helping ourselves by doing certain things and you know keeping yourself moving So that's something that my parents still today uh, don't want that too much of help at home because they want they want to do things themselves. And um, beyond that, my father was a central government employee, and uh, my childhood was spent uh, all across the length and breadth of the country. So though I am a Maharashtrian, I actually learned Marathi because my parents spoke to me in Marathi. But 
me and my younger sister when we started speaking it was in hindi and in english so my thinking language is still hindi and english not marathi and uh, a lot of times i know i i speak it clearly and uh, but i don't think in it and so i've not studied it so it's just uh, i mean yeah but like i said it's my mother tongue uh, so that was the thing because i spent my childhood all across the country uh, at home we spoke marathi we so sought to it that we uh, we learned the language so we could communicate with my parents even if we asked them a question it's a kannada or tamil or whatever language wherever we were we always got a reply in marathi that's how we learned the language uh every few years we were in a new place um but in fact i thought we moved too much and uh, today now as i grow up i realize that my father was one of those few people who uh i don't know how to say it was held certain ideals and lived by that and you know he was in the central government and as an employee um uh you know he was kind of a cog in wheels uh, in the wheel for a lot of people and because he was very clear about not taking bribes or not doing certain uh, you know things and uh, so he kept getting shunted from that place because you know from the various places and that's how we would wonder why nobody else is moving so much but me keeps him to keep moving so much but that was the 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 upbringing and that is what is state so uh, somewhere those morals and certain way of living comes because that's we that's the way we've been brought up it's is by example that we've been taught and uh, uh, the fact remains that my parents still today don't know how to kind of you know uh, do what you would call the government employees do so that was my childhood and that's how it was because we moved so much books were my best friends other than my sisters because you know you get shifting so i don't really have childhood friends so books have been my childhood friends i envy goldie the fact that he has so many childhood friends because certain relationships when you form them in childhood are so amazing uh but yeah i do miss those relationships but i think now over the years i have formed some really wonderful friends and uh, i'm happy i have those close friends now now that was a long answer No it was it was beautiful i mean uh, you know one of the things that just stuck with me is you can have help but you can also help the help you know it's, it's <laughs> such a it's such a powerful statement and i think uh, uh, i i know we do it some more subconsciously but i think if we are aware of it and we do it consciously i think you know uh, you can have help and you can also help the help it's a great it's a great line uh, uh, so So you travel most of the places in India. Where, where, where were you born? I was born here. I was born in Maharashtra because you know my mother came yeah. to her mother's house, and that's how it was. But uh, after that, actually, not just there, but from from Nepal to uh, to Chennai, I've travelled uh, across the country. Yeah. Uh, have you learned to speak any languages? Other languages so, you were studying uh, in those places. You know, uh, now, now, right now, uh, especially after this illness, there's a lot of brain fog, so I keep, uh, I tend to forget things a lot. But uh, maybe that's my brain scoping mechanism. I don't know what it is, but you know, I do. But uh, um, uh, you know, it was easier for me when I did Telugu films or whatever. It was easier for me to kind of grasp the language and get the accent right because I've traveled so much and I've done, uh, uh, you know. I had mixed with so many people, 
I think the best thing about the traveling was the fact that um, I was very open to different kinds of people, different kind of cultures. You know, there was a certain um, no amount of teaching and reading kind of gives that to you the way actually traveling does. You know, that's something that I think um, I think my son would miss a bit. I mean, I would love to give more of that to him. But the moment you live with diverse cultures, you automatically become much more accommodating. What about your nana nani? Any me- memories of them? About your grandparents? So, grandparents, uh, my nani, I remember, but uh, uh, you know, my nana also passed away. I was pretty young, and like I said, we would come in like literally for ten days or something in a year, sometimes once in two years. So, it's really not been that much of a. Uh, this thing my uh, father had lost his father when he was very young and uh, then he lost his mother while I was very young so I don't really remember so much because and like I said we were traveling she was not living with us uh, so I would meet them only on holidays uh, though my nani I remember a lot more because uh, I, I lost her only after I started working so I got a little more time with my nani who was not a very educated woman she was the typical that like, nawari wearing kashta wearing uh, 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 not really educated in that sense but there was uh, there was a habit that she had she would finish all the work in the morning and afternoon was her time at that in this uh, zone also and she would read and take a nap and read and then get up and start the rest of the day and uh, when I when I was getting these offers to be movies and the family was like, you know, nobody has really done this. This is nothing we know about this and everything. And I remember the only person who was like uh, my nani said that uh, we call Aji in Marathi. And my Aji was like, you know, but if people are offering her something and if uh, because maybe they see something, you can always say no. So if she's getting the offers, then maybe there is something in her and maybe she should try it out. There's no harm in just turning back. If you are not comfortable, turn back. It's not a hard and fast rule that you have to go through. And that has stayed with me. That is something that she told my mother and my mother has also said that to me all the time. Uh, in, in this zone, I, it was always like, okay, let me try it out and I can always come back and do something else. So I always stepped into the line knowing that I can always go back and do something else. That was always a thing. The other thing was that when I started working, my mother never came to the sex room. I had a younger sister at home and my mother said, I have a younger daughter at home and I, she needs me right now. And uh, my mother just told me one thing. She said, if you were working in an office, I wouldn't be coming and sitting on the desk next to you. This is your job. You're going for a job. Treat it like a job. Come back. And that is how it has been. Now it's all a big deal at that time. Everybody had their mothers and everybody following that. I never had. My parents, my sisters never came with me. I had my team with me and that was it. And uh, and I think uh, and I think people who had so many people and mothers around them were up to a lot more naughty things than I was. <laughs> for me, it was more like, oh my God, I can't do this. My mother trusts me too much. And I'm like, you know, I, you've been very, very, very smart because had she been there and probably at that age that I was in, had she been there telling me, don't do this, don't do that, I promise you I would have wanted to have done that. But because she said, okay, this is what it is, this is what it is, I trust my upbringing and, um, you know, I hope you remember that whatever you do reflects on your family. 
Oh, that burden, whatever you do reflects on your family and how we brought you up was the line that just grounded me and made me behave. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, but the forbidden fruit is always the temptation is more, right? I mean, as long as you know, uh, you're allowed, people trust you, I think you then uh, it's different. So you want to live up to that trust. Yeah, you want to live up to your trust. And uh, so tell me, uh, you mentioned your sister. How many siblings are you? We are three sisters. So I have two sisters, one older than me, one younger than me. And uh, yeah, I think uh, we've all had our lives. And as I said, like, there's not too many friends. So we've always been close. But after that, uh, all three of us have our own families and we've been this thing. But I think 2018, the illness has brought us together and made us realize how much time had passed and how, uh, you know, uh, made us promise each other that we're not going to wait for some horrible thing to happen, you know, just to kind of, we, 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 what we've done now is that we make having a lunch and having a coffee a more regular feature rather than something that you did only, you know, like you're meeting up with the parents and we, rather than making it this whole family thing and everybody getting together, just the three of us getting together. So, um, I think uh, it's this this going through this illness has been a great journey for us as siblings also together. It's, it's been a growth. Yeah, I met I met one of your sister when in the US when I had come. One yes. of your sister was with you. My elder sister, had, you know, she she had put her life on hold over there here and um, had come there and was my primary caregiver with Goldie. Between her and Goldie, they managed a lot of things. And before she could put her things in uh, together and come there, my younger sister had come in who has twins and hence and younger twins so needed to get back but uh, so she came in and took over and handled it with Goli and then uh, once she went once my elder sister came in uh, whose son is obviously older and so she could kind of you know organize her life and come then my younger sister went back so yeah it was it was a boon to have coming from a very uh, I wouldn't say conservative but from a very uh not from a filmy background, uh, you always wanted to be an actor? No, I didn't know about this profession in fact because I'd barely seen any movies and uh, you know, my parents' way of bringing us up and keeping us uh, focused or you know, kind of, uh, uh, we, barely, we didn't even have a television in the house and it was more like read the books and you know, whatever. Uh, so, if the television came uh, in much, much later in our lives. So, what I'm trying to say is that uh, the, there was no question of film magazines being there. So, I was very, very raw and very naive when I got into this industry. I had, I was so clueless that if I was a producer, I would never give me a job anyway. It was so, I was so like not prepared. So, how did it happen? How did you get into... Well, it was just about the looks and it was because of the looks that I kept getting offers for modeling and from modeling into films. And so there was nothing really that I did. It was basically the genes because the looks are the genes. There's nothing I've done about it. So can't take credit for any of it. I think eventually I would say now, all these years down the line, the fact that I still have some sort of a uh, work or space going, now I can say that yeah, I've been working towards this or I've been doing towards this. But the beginning was just pure uh, looks and luck that got me in, and I'm very grateful for it because I'm I, I'm so I, I found a 
my uh, my I found my rest of my family in the industry. I met my husband here. I met my sis, wonderful sisters-in-law. I met them here. So uh, I found the rest of my family here. And uh, so, I, in a way, it was meant to be. I feel, and I'm grateful that you know I got the opportunity. But uh, it was not from me working towards it and getting it and going for it. Uh, my struggle has been after I got the jobs and kind of understanding the fact that I was so not prepared. And then you know you're working and preparing, working and preparing. So it was though that period of my life was. Uh, so hectic because i i understood how unprepared i was and hence then my dance classes and so i would do two shifts and yet put in you know dance practice and stuff like that so um i think once i started working i must have put in at least some 7 8 or maybe the first 10 years of my life literally literally working 20 hours so yeah it was hard what has been uh, if you go back memory lane what what has been your highlights or your greatest moments or your lowest moments in your journey in the film industry oh well it's like um, you know life is about highs and lows and there are going to be highs and there are going to be lows so yes i've had my share of highs and lows uh, the highs have been the the movies that i have done the people i have met the relationships that i've formed in the industry the high has been a uh, kind of understanding initially i started treating it it was a profession it was a way of making money the high has been falling in love with the job and i really didn't expect to fall in love with it but i did eventually that has been a high also uh the high has also been how i have learned um, uh, how i have grown you know in 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 the thing uh the low in this has been the fact that um, i think i wasted a lot of opportunities because i was not prepared and there were a lot of things that i could have done differently and i was too scared um the low has also been the fact that uh, because i didn't come from a film family and didn't have all this uh, uh thing around me i think i was a little more conservative in the way i was dealing with everybody and i had this huge wall my defense mechanism and my you know i, I had a fortress around me and i really took very long to let people in so i was looking at everybody with a lot of suspicion as to because i didn't know the line and i was like very suspicious about everybody and every move and i think that was unfortunate because in because of that i think i lost out on a lot of opportunities relationships friendships that today when i look back i'm sure i i i would i would have done a few things different um uh, it's not a regret but definitely those are the the lows some of the lows have also been the fact that you understand that uh, where you come in the pecking order on a set and understanding that you're really not that high in the pecking order of things um uh, was a kind of a low because you know the uh, you understood that uh, you are not the highest paid and you might be very professional but you might get there and you have to wait and wait and wait for people to behave professionally and you know kind of uh, uh you know just do some basic things which are professional and it should be done in any profession but those were not uh, the norm so uh, those were a couple of uh, lows that were there having said that every industry every profession has its share of good people and not so good people i wouldn't say bad people because i think 
they are just victims of their own circumstance and their own upbringing so i would not call them bad people but definitely not so good people and i think we met i met my share of those not so good people uh but like over the years and when you look back now i think the the good out of it has been far far outweighs the not so good in my life. great and you've been extremely successful and then you did television <laughs> so how 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 did your television transition happen well you know nobody was really doing television at that point of time when i did uh, a show called tamasti kya do and uh, Uh, that I, I was dating Goldie at that point of time, and uh, uh, what I also realized were there were certain limitations to me, and there were certain things that I was not ready to do, and there were that was I wouldn't say a weakness. I think that was my strength, uh, but uh, there were certain uh, paths that I was not willing to go down, and hence I knew that there was only so much that I could achieve in this, and. Uh, uh here came a line which was um which was very interesting and it was not uh, cinema so to say but uh, for me it was again uh, it was somewhere where i could be myself and uh, and i could uh, how do i say it without being uh, okay maybe i mean should not be so diplomatic about it but i have to say that hey you know what i don't want to be treated like this i don't want you speaking to me like this I'm not going to do these 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 things. And here I had, um, I could have been in a position where I would then probably not have work. Understanding the fact that these were the limitations and there was no way I was going to cross certain lines, it helped me take this diversion early, which eventually turned out to be a great thing because by the time everybody started getting into television, I had been there and I had got the prize that then was afterwards, uh, uh, you know, would not have been possible. Yeah, I remember kya masti kya doom. I was working in Star TV at that time, and I sold your show just for your information. Ah, I remember. I, yes, yes, I was I was heading sales and marketing at that time at Star. Yes, I, I mean you know what a team at that point of time. Samir Nair, Tarun Katyal, you. Oh my God, all of you were right there. I remember the show was produced by TV 18, which was Vandana, and you know so it was just amazing. The people, it it was it. I think it was one of the. And it was that year. I also remember it was one of our best promos. You know, it was one of the best times. You know, it really that it gave me a lot of confidence because you know it was my show. It gave me a lot of confidence in myself, and um, I, I, it it was it was an eye opener. And uh, after that, you hosted so many shows. India's Got Talent, and uh, uh, I judged them actually. You Other judged, than- yeah. You judged, yeah. Hosted any other show? Other than Mission Impossible, which was again, uh, it was uh, you know, it was my way of giving back in the sense of uh, you know, you can write checks and you can do all of that. But when your profession is of a certain kind, like a teacher, if they're teaching somebody and not really charging for it, is their way of giving back through their profession. This was my way of giving back through my profession. So other than these, these two, I've been uh, judging a lot of the other shows. which was also i felt that you know when you did tv and you had these shows it was like going to office for me because by then i was married i had a child and i wanted to kind of limit my uh, i needed certain fixed hours when you did do a movie then a month 20 days whatever that outdoor is you need to go and do that i was not ready to do that so for me this work you know one one day in a week or two days in a week you went you worked you came back so the balance for me with my home my child and keeping on working i think 
you know, television gave me a perfect outlet for that. So you met, uh, no, that's very nice. And you met Goldie in this journey. And uh, so tell us about your romance. Oh God, uh, I met Goldie on and I was shooting for my first film. And my first film was Naraz with Bhatsaab. And uh, Goldie was producing a film with Bhatsaab. And he would come on the set for, uh, because they were writing. We were on the outdoor in Chennai. And uh, while I was shooting for him and Goldie would come, so you know, they would hang on the set because post the uh, shoot, they would be sitting and writing. So, uh, in the daytime, he would be there on the set and I just found him very annoying because he was constantly asking me so many questions and every time I was reading, he would keep like, you know, getting there and I was like, you know, this is getting nowhere. But he was persistent and I'm glad he was. Um, there was nothing like, a, oh my God, this is happening just now. It was a it was a gradual process, and I think that's why it is solid, because it was a gradual process. We 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 were acquaintances, then we were, then then eventually that that same film that he was doing with Bhatsa, after a couple of uh, actresses didn't work out, it was me doing the film. Then we had a professional relationship from where we became friends. Then we became best friends. And then when he said that, you know, we should take it forward and I was like, I have very few friends and if this doesn't work out, I don't want to lose a friend. So, you know, stop it. I'm not going to do this. So he was like, you know, you're not going to lose a friend. So, you know, there was this whole push and pull about this going on for a while. Uh, then eventually I did say yes and we did start dating each other. And I think we dated each other for about four years and then we got married. Great. And, and here we are. Yeah. And Goldie is a great guy. Uh, tell me a little bit about Ranveer. How's he doing? Well, uh, he's doing well. At this point of time, he has both his arms in a cast and a knee is busted. So, oh, yeah. What happened? You know, what happened? Uh, he's fallen off. He's had a bit of a mishap. You know, that's how you grow and you know how boys will be. Yeah. So, anyway, so he's recovering from that. I have him where I want him right under my thumb. He cannot get up and go anywhere. So I'm enjoying this time where he can't move and I have to feed him and you know, so I'm enjoying that time. But I think where pandemic is concerned at one point when I was in uh, in the US going through my treatment, um, I felt I was losing out a certain amount of time with my son and I felt that pandemic and now this fall of his has kind of given me that time back with him and so that part of the pandemic has been really nice that we could get that family time together because uh, the two years 2018 to uh, 2019 June that whole year was chaotic and then from 2019 June onwards is when the recovery started so in 2020 I just about started stepping out and when the pandemic hit so it was not a it was a great time for us to kind of bond and get that family time together i feel i felt like maybe it was there was a reason why the universe had just given me this that little time that i had lost out again is how i look at this time that you, you you have a you look at everything so positively you know that's so great so no, uh, I, I i'm trying i i don't succeed all the time but I'm trying. So tell me about, uh, we can't not discuss your doggy because he's there in all your oh, Instagram yeah. shows. <laughs> yeah, she's there. I don't know where she is right now. She's not here. Yeah, she's a diva and she's the joy of my life. And I really feel that she's been, uh, 
um, you know, you know the the unconditional love. I don't know what is it. The energy that dogs give. You know, you are a dog lover, and you know the kind of energy that they give. I felt it helped my healing. You know, the whole process of being able to hug her and that energy that she gives. I felt it helped my healing. Yeah. What have you named her? So, her name is Isis. and it's so controversial when we say that but ranveer named her isis because isis is the egyptian goddess of life and magic and that's why she is named isis because she is for him for him he said that mama she's a goddess of magic she's magical and she's life for me and that's why he named her isis but of course now isis has all these various you know it brings up this horrible frightening scenario when you say isis so the pet the short form for her name is icy we do call her icy all the time so we stick to that so because not- the, on the at the, uh, on beach if i start calling her isis isis i'm going to have cops <laughs> it's going to be a scary scenario so yeah icy is a good idea then so you call her miss icy now yes yeah and that was a beautiful picture you put on instagram where Uh, Miss Icy, Ranveer, Goldie, and you were in the pool together. It was oh so pretty. It was so. I love places who are, which are pet friendly, and they should be very. In our country, we have very few places which are pet friendly. We all treat it like oh, you know. Even even when you talk about it, a lot of time people say, "Oh, look at the attention you're giving a dog." I mean, you know, it's a pet, and that's family, and it's doing something. It gives us a lot, you know. There is the for me, my I, I always felt Ranveer was an only child, having a little puppy which was chewing up your favorite toys, chewing up your favorite shoes and T-shirts, or your furniture in your room. Uh, I thought was a lot of lessons that he was learning from there. He was learning to share, and he was learning that. you know in family things can break things can fall apart but that doesn't mean that the relationship breaks and i think these were the lessons for my son which can come only when there is a uh, i i, I uh, there there is a mute animal in your house a pet because if the, that pet is not able to speak it 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 teaches you compassion when you start dealing with with a pet and that is why i needed a pet for my son to grow up with because i think it makes him more compassionate yeah It teaches a lot of empathy for sure. Yeah. Uh, how old is Ranveer now? So when uh, I was diagnosed with the cancer, he was twelve, going on thirteen, and he's fifteen now. And uh, has he shown any inclination as to what he wants to do? Oh, not really. It's all over the place at this point of time. There are various things that he is really interested in. Uh, he's creative, but. Um, there are different things and i think at at 15 they are the creativity is all in the video games that they're playing and <laughs> <laughs> yeah and stuff that they're watching and the way i think the millennials have a different way of thinking and it takes me a little while to kind of understand the way their brain functions um i don't to claim to really totally understand it yet but i do understand one thing that i keep telling myself goldie and me as parents we keep telling ourselves is that you know the fact of the matter is that uh, when ranveer was born in 2005 is when youtube was born same year right? and for ranveer and his age group um uh, their rock stars are not these musicians or the actors it's the youtubers and uh, for us it is just about what 10 15 years now and there are these 
the 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 hugest influencers and so called heroes are a profession we had no idea would exist true so having understood that i don't know when he starts working what is the profession that's going to be out there what is that is going to be i have no clue i mean goldie also we have no clue about it where is artificial intelligence going to go what is really really actually needed so we decided that let's not presume that you know this is what he might want to do what we are trying to do is there are certain things however technology might change however the world might change there are a couple of things that are never going to change in in the changing scenario and that is there are certain values and morals and kindness and compassion uh these are a couple of things relationships and eq i do feel uh, that with the amount of artificial intelligence that is in play uh you cannot match that iq so what is going to keep the humanness for my child and for us as human beings i feel is the eq and so that is what as parents we would like to focus on that is concerned so we have no clue what is it that he is going to do all we can hope for is that he has a a a job that he loves doing and hence is happy doing it and it's not a job that he's doing because he needs to do it for for money um that's all that we can hope for and prepare him for life yeah so nice i mean uh, you mentioned iq and eq i just wanted to tell you uh, i've set up a company which does only this where we use artificial intelligence where one of the things that research has shown is mm. that uh, you know especially in big organizations people measure how you think but nobody measures how you feel yeah and and it's very you can measure how, how people feel if you're 20 or 30 people in a room you can sit and chat and you can measure their emotions right but how do you measure emotions at scale mm. right and that's exactly what we've launched you know we measure emotions at scale and uh, again research tells you that 80% of your decision that you make is is uh, done by your heart it's done by your uh, emotive brain you know the cognitive brain then justifies it it you find a rationale because most of your decisions are actually taken that's why we say gut call you know we say these things and we want to validate it so right. since you mentioned that you know this is something that we've launched and we found some good traction and that's something that we are working on like you said the future is evolving and changing so fast that there's nothing called future ready i keep telling people there's nothing called future ready because the future is changing as we talk yeah absolutely so that's that's exactly why even when i wrote the book that i wrote and that's the thing it it was so scary that first of all you know i mean everybody becomes a parent and there is a child born every second no whatever the statistics might be but the fact remains that however often a child might be born it is still a miracle and when your child is born it's your miracle and uh, you are you know however my you might think you are preparing for it and everything you're totally unprepared for it and you know it it's it, it uh, nobody can really tell you and there's no formula that you can follow and it is it is a path which is uniquely your own and you have to find that path yourself and hence when you go through when i was going through all of that and really stressing about it after after my child was born it was when i said that you know what when we sat down and this was the conversation that we've had over many this we said you know what is it 
So future is unpredictable. We don't know what it is. We don't know what he's going to do. What is predictable? And we realize that these are a few things that, be it Gurukul times to now whatever the today's education is, there are certain things that don't change. And those are the things that we need to hold on to as human beings and as parents try to pass it on to the child. And I hope we succeed, but we will only know that 10 years down the line when as he becomes an adult, this is what we are hoping. But I hope we've achieved that and uh, I can only pray for that. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, both Goldie and you have so much, uh, you know, you so much of value systems that you follow. I'm sure Ranbir will do very well, and uh, and uh, he's a handsome young boy, and he's gonna uh, be very successful. So uh, you mentioned about you also written books. So I want to come. You have something called this book club. Yes, <laughs> it's called the Sonali's Book Club. Sonali's Book Club. So tell me about Sonali's book. So the thing was that for the longest time I was not on social media because as you've seen with this, as soon as I have to be on tech and me, I start getting palpitations. So I was not on social media for the longest time. I know my son wanted to be on it and like Goldie said that, listen, you know what he is going to do, you can't keep policing him. He, he has to be able to police himself and that will come only when, you know, you can't stop them. It's better that you join them. And hence, when he got onto it, it's just, you know, you are also onto it. So, it, the, 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 the universe that was there in the social media was that your aunts, your siblings, your parents, everybody follows you and everybody knows what is happening and stuff like that. So, because you can't monitor it, so it's better that you kind of embrace it. Still, I took my own sweet time on doing it. Then it came to a point where my team was like, listen, there are too many fake accounts and we can't keep correcting it and everything. It's better that you have an account which has the blue tick so you know that we know that this is the place where the stuff comes out of. So I said okay, I got on to it. When I got on the social media, you know, honestly, I just felt that why the hell have I taken so long to get on to it? It is such a powerful medium and it can be, it was so uh, liberating to connect with your fans directly and not have a version of what the journalist thinks going to them. <coughs> Excuse me. So that communication and the amount of stuff that was out there and what all you could do with it, it was just such a powerful medium to interact with people. And then like with anything that that is powerful, it has its plus and its minus. It has its uh, good side and it has an ugly side to it. So once you understand that, the idea was how do I use the good side and how do I diminish the ugly side? And the idea was to do something with it which was productive. And uh, uh, this was a period of time where I had gone off reading and I felt I was plateauing. I was not growing anymore. I thought as a, I was not evolving as a person. And I just kept creating, I knew that I needed to read more. But the habit of reading with the, after the child now, you know, with the amount of, uh, uh, you get it in snippets now. So, you know, your attention span has reduced. So, you know, you I, I realized I was getting out of the habit of reading. So, this way, by forming the book club and getting a book and then having a discussion on it, it was just a way of getting myself, you know, giving myself a timeline where I would have to read a book so that I would discuss. And that's how the book club started. And I just thought I would do something which was uh, my love of reading. I thought it was a very positive thing to do and to just kind of start growing this uh, uh, 
uh, this community of it. And uh, touch wood, it's, 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 I think it's taken off quite well. So do you have some membership or something or it's just... Uh, in, uh... No, you can, it's on Facebook. You just kind of uh, get on to the book club. But you have to be, uh, you can give and um, it's not open in that sense because we accept members. And uh, so if the idea is not to have numbers and you know kind of we're all living on this thing how many likes how many followers oh my god validation it's, yeah it's crazy but uh, I think I've been very clear about it's not the amount of followers but the kind of people you know so because uh, if it's a book club then uh, there are certain people who are not going to be interested in it and then those are coming on to my Instagram uh, profile where they are telling about what is it that they want to talk about be it the looks or be it the clothes you're wearing or whatever but on the book club, we want to discuss books. We don't want to have uh, other conversation. And I wanted to keep that sanctity of it and so that you, know, you could have meaningful conversation about the books. And hence, um, you can kind of, uh, you know, uh, tap in, but we kind of uh, check the people and uh, then let them into the group. So we've tried to keep it as uh, book friendly as possible and keep it as like genuine book lovers as possible. It's so beautiful and I don't know whether you know but Sagri is an avid reader. I mean she sets a target, I think this year she's already read more than 70 books. So she, she sets a target of 100 books in a year and she finishes it. You know she's a... Who does that? Okay, Sagri, that. Sagri. My wife. Oh, yes, Sagri is a... She's a voracious reader, I, I know. In fact, I think that's a good idea. I should now ask her to give me a list of books that she likes and maybe put that up, you know. Maybe she can send you some books, which once she finishes reading, you know, we give up. Yes. Books. I would love to. Love to. Yeah, yeah. It was so nice speaking to you. And, and you know, I was just looking at the time and it's uh, one hour just flew by, you know. <laughs> yes, it was lovely. Raj, we haven't caught up for the longest time. So it's good to see you after so long. And like now, I think this pandemic is, um, it's not really going away as fast as we thought it would go away. So... Like uh, other than the the switch on this uh, sunshine hashtag, the other hashtag was the new normal, and I think that hashtag is also very applicable with this pandemic. I think we all need to look for the new normal and find a way to kind of uh, go on with life in the new normal. And uh, would you like to say anything? Well, uh, first uh, I would like to uh, wish a great new year. Actually, great is not the right word. It's uh, at, at the way the situation that we are in. I really, really would like to wish everybody a, a, a more uh, calmer and more, uh, what would I say, uh, a more, uh, suddenly my brain fog has kicked in and I've uh, switched off, but a more loving, peaceful, Happier. calmer, uh, joyful, joyful is the word, joyful new year. And I really hope that 2021 uh, kind of uh, takes off uh, to be a better year than 2020 and I hope that we all have learned a lot of lessons in 2020 and we can kind of put them into practice in 2021 and kind of start moving on from what this year has been. Thank you Sonali, thank you so much. Thank you so thank much. Thank you Raj, thank you so much. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this Sochcast. What is your Soch? Send us your comments on our Facebook page and Instagram page. It's time for you to do your own Sochcast at Sochcast 
अपनी सोच दुनिया को सुनाओ सोच का